HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. HRN is now on Kitsch, the first live streaming community for the food obsessed. Go to K-I-T-T-C-H dot com and find HRN in the channel's listing. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. Banquet, a show about all things edible, spreadable, and horrible with me, your host, Teddy Ruxpin. And me, your host, Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> Teddy? I feel like this is not the first time we've done this exact same introduction, which well, is scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Teddy Roosevelt's on my mind because I started watching uh, Hemingway, the Ken Burns Hemingway documentary last night, and they're like, he wanted to be Teddy Roosevelt. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. How interesting. Is it good, the Hemingway doc? Yeah, it's good. Do they talk about those polydactyl cats that are so lovingly named after him? Actually, no. They have not been talking about those. But it's early. Folks, for anyone out there who is unfamiliar with the polydactyl cat, it's just a hair more evil than your regular average house cat because it has an extra toe with an extra claw on each foot and hand. Yeah. I don't, are they called pterodactyls? No, no, they're not called pterodactyls. They're <laughs> called polydactyl. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you can call them pterodactyl. Who's counting? Who's listening? <laughs> Mike Sala. That's it. <laughs> the National Association of Pterodactyls? <laughs> no, a parrot. That's a pterodactyl. <laughs> it is? A tiny one. Yeah, it's a tiny pterodactyl covered in beautiful, beautiful feathers. Yeah, I guess they're probably related. Should we update the listeners that we have actually have had visual confirmation of a friend of the pod, Mike Sala, Mike Sala of his parrot, and it is stunningly beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to make a hat out of it, I think. <laughs> I'd make a husband out of it. That's how much I like this parrot. This parrot is so glamorous. It has gorgeous gray hair and a red spot. Gray feathers. Sure. It's lovely. Whatever it's doing, uh, sure. it's working for me. I'm pretty sure Tell me. they're feathers. But didn't we have this conversation last week on the bird cast? Well, penguins have feathers too. Turns out you're right. So what's going on with you, Nicole? Um, 
not a lot what's going on with you. It's freezing here. It will never be warm. It snowed yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have been enjoying a week packed with different religions and just really <laughs> enjoying them all. Um, I catered a Passover Seder for some regular clients of mine on Friday. I made matzo ball soup. I made gefilte fish. Ooh. I made a sweet and sour brisket. I made a flourless cake. And you know what? It went off without a hitch. Everyone was very excited. And then I went to my folks to celebrate Easter, um, which we don't really celebrate, but any occasion to make a, a different kind of food. And I made a chicken pot pie with my parents. My stepdad grated the frozen butter with his cute little hands. Aww. I think that's rude that you made him do that. <laughs> it was very sweet. He wanted to have. He wanted to help. It was cute. And then we went on a quest for Cadbury eggs. And my mom Ugh. were in the grocery store and she was like, not Cadbury cream eggs, Cadbury mini eggs. Like the chocolate shell chocolate. Yeah. But they have a shell. The shell. Exactly. We had the shell. They're very good. And I was like, I would love a little Cadbury mini egg. And so we get in the grocery store and we ask the like teenager, the actual literal teen, maybe even a teenager who was behind the <laughs> register. My mom's like, do you have Cadbury mini eggs? And he, he like pages the person in like the dairy department and they like come out and he's like, do we have any Cadbury eggs? <laughs> As though he thought it was an egg. <laughs> like, you fucking oh, idiot. No. They're getting phased out by generation, whenever the hell they're called. Yeah, Jen, like, Z++ is not interested in mm -hmm. Easter candy. <laughs> it's shocking. Yeah, they're too busy leading the revolution. Yeah, that's fine. But you know what, folks? For the revolution, you're going to need to carbo-load. And you're going to start with some sweet, <laughs> sweet little eggs. Protein and sugar. How do you know this guy was from the dairy department? Because he was covered. Uh, he was wearing a milkmaid's hat, and he was carrying a milk pail. <laughs> he had some tufts of errant... <laughs> feathers hanging off of him ah that grocery store sounds very expensive what's that yes what's that bougie. grocery store in la that is so crazy expensive um it, uh yes i know, know what you're talking, talking about, about. starts with a b uh, i've seen a lot of la listeners <laughs> i've seen a bunch brandy of brandy wines no i don't know i can't remember <clears throat> but i just saw a meme where <laughs> this woman is in there and she's like, how much for this honey? And the other guy's like, $700. And she's like, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Just making fun of how everything in there is mad expensive. And That's really funny. Well, I, there is one that I went to that was in Venice, which is called uh, Air Juan. Air? That's the one. That's the one. Okay. That is the one. How do you pronounce it? Air Juan. Air Juan. Yeah, yeah, I went with Alexis. And it is a very, like, I have to be honest, it's very nice in there. Like, it's, and I hate to say it because, actually, I really hate to say it because right outside in Venice, there's such, like, a crisis with, like, a houseless population. And there's all these people who have, like, no money and no mm -hmm. food. And then you go in there and there's just, like, literally juices that cost, like, $27. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> They're actually $27. I know. Not like literally, like literally, that's how much they cost. I bet that honey really was $700. The prices there are insane. Yeah, and it's also, really wild. One time, somebody I'm Instagram friends with, I can't remember who it is, saw Steven Tyler there. So, you know, it's wow. like the epitome of place where people shop and they don't know how much a carton of Cadbury eggs costs. Exactly. <laughs> 12 to carton. Stars, they're just like us. They buy their Cadbury eggs in the dairy section. <laughs> the supermarket. America's egg. Now, I was, when we were, I was researching for the episode, trying to figure out what I was going to do 
don't worry, we're not giving away what it is yet, even though you saw the show description. Um, <laughs> I was, like, researching the history of the Easter Bunny, and I'm like, the Easter Bunny, like, I never dawned on me, like, why does this thing lay eggs? Like, are we not in any way? We're supposed to just suspend our disbelief that a rabbit lays eggs. I know I'm not the first person to think about this, but I hope I'm also not the last. <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't oh. do any research on this. A bunny laying an egg. There is no rhyme or reason to it, in case you were wondering. It's just meant to like be like, okay, well, a bunny symbolizes like boning and sex and babies. And then an egg is like the product of that. And I guess they couldn't exactly just like show like a bunny shooting like a baby bunny out of its vagina. So they're like, it comes in an egg. It's clean. Well, also, newborn baby bunnies are like creepy and hairless. So they're not like adorable. They're covered in slime. Actually, I've never seen a newborn baby bunny. I'm going to Google it right now oh. while you tell us about Ben Affleck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who also is a newborn baby bunny. Am I right? I just feel like as a Midwesterner and someone from the suburbs of Long Island, you we've all had the experience of someone we know <gasps> running over bunnies with a lawnmower or the mom. Ooh, Ooh this <laughs> is disgusting. Yeah. Oh, my God. Some of them are, like, very disgusting. They yeah. look like mice, actually, like, but worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, yeah. What's the difference? Some of there is almost no difference. It's just a different outfit. But here's the thing. These are disgusting, and actually they look like a little bit like frogs. That's why I don't like them. <laughs> well, now you know why they chose eggs. Yes, that's a very good point. Now, a baby bunny, I'd say mm, maybe like two weeks in, very cute. Of I mean, course. Nothing cuter, really. Just born, no good. No good. No good at all. Wow. Really traumatizing. Very bad. And here's a picture of one in a sock, and I'm back. Hello. It's me. Um, so, so Ben Affleck, nothing. Yeah, he. There's a mysterious construction site that he and Jennifer visited recently. We don't know what it is. Um, and then Jennifer Garner celebrated her 50th birthday. I saw that she was surprised by Donny Osmond <laughs> he's, in a he's restaurant. Still alive. <laughs> he's alive and surprising. Alive and surprising. Other celebrities. I thought it was a paid celebrity appearance. <laughs> like I think done. it was. <laughs> Some it was a paid celebrity appearance. They're not friends. She had he was like her childhood crush or whatever, <laughs> and so someone paid. And I was just like, "What about the other people in this restaurant who are like not only shocked to see Jennifer Garner, but then Donny Osmond out of nowhere in his like tight, slicked, oiled up, you know, filled up face comes and tap, tap, taps her on the shoulder and gives her a surprise." I was just like, "This is crazy." So he just comes by during dinner and is like, hey, I'm Donny Osmond. I'll see you later. That's exactly right. (laughs) That's exactly right. That's exactly what happened. I wonder how much he got paid for that. Probably a million dollars. I wonder if Jen and Ben had anything to do with it. I like to think yes. Mm, Interesting. Well, um, to spice things up a little bit, I found out that Ben Affleck's dad, who I think hates him, um, for some reason... Reporters called him to ask him about his opinion of the engagement, and he did not know about it. <laughs> Unaware. <clears throat> yeah, apparently they don't talk. But he said, um, I haven't talked to them in ages, but if everyone reads on the internet is true, they're having a good time together. He's quite busy with all of his newfound activities. He's been working a lot, which no one seems to care about. They care about romance. Wow. 
That's really like very, you know, that's very thoughtful, very in depth. So yeah, he and his dad don't talk, but idiot reporters just keep calling me and like, hey, hey, what do you think about this engagement? He's like, I don't know, never. He's like, engagement, never. I don't even know her. And also, it's kind of sad though because obviously his dad is reading about him on the internet, and most dads don't even know how to use the internet, so he knows how to use it and. He follows his son on the internet, but they don't talk. It's very tragic. It's very sad, and I wonder if he knows that he has a full back tattoo. Well, if he uses the internet like he says he does, then he must know about it because that broke the internet. (laughs) That was a very upsetting uh, revelation on the part of Ben Affleck, literally on part of Ben Affleck, his back part. Yeah, well, you just have to move on. Yeah. Well, he can't move on. He has a big back tattoo. I wonder if that's going to be like a deal breaker for them in the marriage. I wonder if he's planning on getting that that old thing removed or what. Maybe it's in the prenup. Or if she's planning on getting a matching one, which does seem less likely but not impossible. We should learn to never say never. (laughs) I don't think that she cares. I think that she's like, well, I'm on death's door. I found someone to love me despite that. And if he has a huge back tattoo... Who am I? I mean, if JLo has to settle for a man with a back tattoo, I'm going to have to settle for someone probably with a face tattoo, which is (laughs) disappointing. I kind of like face tattoos. Do you? Yeah, why not? I would like a face tattoo of like someone who just decided to get a completely different face on their face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's been done. Well, like Ben Affleck's face. Just kidding. Kevin Costner's face. Now that is a face tattoo. (laughs) Yeah. No normal human's face is long enough to have Ben Affleck's face tattooed on it. (laughs) (laughs) Take that Ben Affleck. You and your stupid face. Let's see what your father thinks of that. (sighs) Anyway, well, I'm glad that you're feeling a little bit better. And I didn't ask, but I'm assuming you are because your nose doesn't sound as stuffy as it was last week. Yeah, I still have a cough, though. Four weeks in. I guess Ugh. I have long COVID or something. Ugh. 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 Well, oh God, today, and then we'll get on, on to our topic, but today I saw um, a video of folks who were on a plane the <laughs> moment when they found out that there was no more, that you didn't have to wear a mask on a plane anymore. They lifted the mask mandates on planes in America and they all ripped off their masks and started to cheer, except for like a few normal sane people who were like hiding their faces i was a spit that was coming out of their cheering (laughs) i was aghast (laughs) i was aghast of this plane party (laughs) (laughs) well i thought that the u.s extended public transportation masks for two more weeks they just shut down like i guess a federal judge like just this morning shot down the mask mandate for (laughs) airplanes Cool. Cool. Exactly right. Cool, man. Cool to all of you fucking idiots who are now going to be sick on your entire fucking vacation. You're like, yeah, we don't have to wear these things anymore. Glad I spent my life savings on this trip to fucking Bali or wherever the hell you're going, you dumb idiots. Bora, (laughs) Bora, Bora, snooza, snooza. Um, Well, they probably won't get sick on vacation because the incubation period is what, like, up to 14 days. They'll get sick when they get back. They'll have to use up all their extra vacation time. And they won't be able to go back to Bora Bora. That's right. No more Bora Bora for you, you fucking <clears> dumb <throat> kids. All right. So, folks, listen. It's spring. It's Easter. It's Passover. 
it's all the other amazing holidays um, that are probably better than Easter and Passover. <laughs> but the fact remains, it's spring, unfortunately, my least favorite season. And we decided to talk about none other than, you guessed it, tiny baby animals. I don't know why. I couldn't think of anything better. So when Zara suggested this, I was like, fine, I'll do veal. <laughs> yeah, I was in a will. bad mood. But <laughs> this veal story is not as tragic as I thought it would be. Um, so don't worry. <laughs> okay, great. Let's hear it. I don't give a shit, honestly, about veal. You hear um, that, veal community and Ben Affleck's dad? <laughs> okay. Well, great. Good to know. Um, what is a veal? It's any breed or sex. So basically, it's a calf, but it's a calf that's being used in... It's not being raised for beef. It's being raised for milk. So it's a dairy calf. Okay. Um, but the males that are not going to be used for breeding kind of were useless. So they were like, why don't we kill them <laughs> and yeah. eat them? Sure. Um, it's been around... The practice has been around since ancient Roman times. The Bible talks about the fatted calf. Um... You know, it's been around. Um, nowadays, the average American veal farmer owns about 200 animals, but not for long. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, veal. Tiny, short, little white for you. Um, and then 50% of veal farmers are Mennonite or Amish. Really? Yeah. Who huh. knew? So how do they kill them? Do they just stab them to death or make them walk the plank? Um, I don't know. Well, so, something without machinery. Right. I mean, they've been slaughtering cows for a long time, since the Bible. However the Bible did it, that's what the Amish are doing. That's right. Scare it to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so there's different types of veal, which I did not know. There's a kind that's called bob veal, which is very cute. Mm, um, very cute. But very, very uncommon, um, especially in the U.S. But this is a veal that's killed between two hours and one month old. So they really just like pop what? it up, kill it, and they're like, here we go. Two um, hours? Yeah. I don't know why two hours and why not just immediately. <laughs> no idea. They were like, get a taste of life, veal. I mean, that's very shocking. Like, I would think, does it even have any meat? Because I thought the whole thing about veal is that it's like drinking milk for a while, and so mm -hmm. it's like milk fed, and then, well, I don't know. Um, Call well, us Bob Veal enthusiasts. Yeah, I don't know much about Bob Veal. I've never heard of it before. <laughs> what um, about Bob Vila? Do you I think that's where he got his name? <laughs> yeah, that's where he came up with his name. It's his favorite food. <gasps> I won't eat a fucking cow unless it didn't only lived for two hours or less. <laughs> and that's why they call me Bob Veal, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh lord okay now the what you were talking about which is like the most prevalent the most popular type of veal uh is formula fed or milk fed so these guys these calves are raised on fortified milk um plus a little bit of solid feed um there was a period of time or there is a specific type of veal that was just raised on pure milk replacer um, back when they were really shitty to veal. Um, and that would produce the veal that was like white, that is white, which is mm -hmm. praised. And the reason why that exists is because there's no iron whatsoever inside the cow. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah. But 
Fortified milk with grain is the most popular way to raise a veal in the United States. There's also grain-fed veal. Um, they eat grain, hay, and milk like a regular cow would. In Canada, they do not consider this veal. They just call this calf meat, but we don't have an actual specific definition for what veal is here in America, so mm-hmm. we won't call it that. Um, there's also something called young beef, mostly in the UK, which is calves that are just like humanely raised out in the field with their moms, mm-hmm. and they're called young beef <laughs> rather than That's their veal. rap name. Yeah. Got some young beef. With another rapper. Um, so I did not realize this, but veal crates are not really allowed anymore for the most part. So in Europe, in 1990, they banned, because they used to, I mean, they used to just really be mean to these <laughs> baby cows. They would put them in these tiny little crates where you couldn't move, and then their heads were tethered to the front of the crate. Um oh. And then they would transport them around. It was just like very traumatic and horrible. Um, so the first thing they banned was having them travel around like that because it was very traumatic for them. And then in 2007, in Europe, all veal crates were banned. Um, That's a terrible thing to do to a tiny baby animal. Yeah. Well, part of this is interesting because people didn't used to really care that much. But also factory farming wasn't really as much as it as cruel as it was, eventually became. So, like, in 1944, the average American ate eight pounds of veal per year. (laughs) Wow, that's a lot. But I thought you were going to say per per day. Per day, yeah. I mean, that would be very expensive. (laughs) That would be very expensive and and high in calories. And then that was the height of veal eating. And then in the 50s and 60s, people were still eating about four pounds of veal on average per year. Um, But once information sort of started spreading around about how inhumanely it, they were being treated, people just, like, stopped eating it. So in 2007, when all of this legislator started, legislature started passing, um, people were only eating about a pound of veal a year. Um, That's not very much veal at all. It's almost no veal. That's, like, like very two, little. Veal, two meals of veal a year. <laughs> um, and the... Basically, the factory farming way of making veal just fell out of favor. Um, It, of course, still happens. But one farmer from the New York Times (laughs) said that, yeah, we used to raise factory veal with chemicals, steroids, and antibiotics. but We wouldn't let our friends eat what we raised. For our own use, we raised humane veal, which is kind of fucked up. (laughs) It begs the question, what is the deal with veal? (laughs) So after around 2007 is when humane pasteurized and pasteurized doesn't mean like being heated up like milk, but like basically the cow is allowed to live its normal life. It goes out in the pasture with its mom. It moves around. It like hangs out, has a party. Um, Makes friends. Yeah. It it socializes. um, And it, people were writing about in the New York times in 2007, that pasteurized veal actually tastes better than crated veal. Um, crated veal traditionally is pretty bland mm. and obviously if the animal's moving around more, they, it produces more flavor. So, right. um, some people in the American association of veal say wow. that <laughs> pasteurized wow. veal is not veal. It's 
calf meat or young beef. Real veal needs to be tortured to death. <laughs> real veal needs to, to taste like nothing and be pure white like chicken. Right, um, like this is not the real veal. Uh, <laughs> but they also they seem mad about it but they also conflictingly around let's see around 2007 they american meal association passed a resolution encouraging the entire industry to phase out crates by 2017 and all milk-fed veal farmers complied wow so now allegedly milk-fed veal farmers do not use crates however there is no federal ban on crates. So technically you can still use them. The Veal Association was just like, hey, we encourage you not to use them. And we're the Veal Association and we don't even have any power and we don't even know what veal is. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine being part of the Veal Association? <laughs> that is the first thing that came to my mind. Just like the things that people do in life are yeah. so weird like, like I'm, I'm life, not, yeah I would never be on the American Veal Association I don't I don't have that trajectory I don't think it's gonna happen for me I mean me neither and I'm like <laughs> I'm not even like trying to knock it because I'm sure there might be some nice folks that are in this association <laughs> who knows but it's just so beyond my scope of like like what do these people do just talk they just talk about veal a lot more than us <laughs> Well, We're apparently probably. they don't talk about veal that much because none of them can agree on what veal actually is. <laughs> yeah. Veal or no veal. Um, nice one. Thank so, you. Yeah. So I think basically it's kind of confusing because there is no federal ban, but I'm pretty sure even if you still use crates, you can't tether them by the head. So for the most part, if they're still using the crates, they're still they're Now they're different so they can actually see their fellow calves in there mm. and they can stand up and sit down and maybe turn around but they can't do the whole hokey, hokey pokey in there <laughs> <laughs> they can't move it all <clears throat> yeah so you know as all factory farm beef is mistreated you know like i don't assume that a factory farm would have even if they stopped the crates is going to be treating anybody well yeah um so you know if you're freaked just go out and get the grass-fed calf that got to hang out with its mom. The other thing is, is like, I didn't really realize this. I'm picturing like, you know, Norman from City Slickers, like baby calf getting slaughtered. But for the most part, they're not killed until they weigh in on four to 500 pounds. And they're like, they've been around for several months. So they're not just little teeny tiny babies. They're big fat cows. <laughs> They're big, fat, stupid babies <laughs> who deserve to die. <laughs> and burn in hell. And burn. Um, so, yeah. I guess the moral of the story is veal. It can be for dinner. It can be what's for dinner. Um, I like veal. I like veal parm. Yeah, I know. I mean, I bet the veal parm at Bamonte's is definitely from the factory. <laughs> That's also, no offense, Bamonte's. It's not the greatest veal parm. Saturday nights, you can get a good veal parm there. But I don't know. Yeah, they're definitely using the like waterboarded veal at Belmonte's. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's so bland. Yeah. Um, well, that's very interesting. I mean, it's, you know, here's the way I feel about veal. I like veal parm because of like the nostalgia of it. It's mm -hmm. good. If I had to be honest, do I think it's like so much better than chicken parm? No, not really. And I no. honestly really prefer to all of those eggplant parm. Yeah, eggplant parm is the best. 
it's the best. So I could very well go the rest of my life eating only one pound of veal per life. <laughs> per life. Yeah, I would like many, to have it once more. How many pounds of veal is one cutlet? You know, like, so how many cutlets do you actually have to eat to get a pound? That seems like a lot to me. You'd see like four cutlets. Usually like a nice veal cutlet would be like a quarter of a pound. Okay, great. Well, thank you for this helpful. So you're just basically, America's now just having veal once a year, basically. Exactly. America, keep it up because, you know, veal's a real problem. Of all the problems facing our nation, aside, as we mentioned a couple episodes ago, trans women in sports, veal. <laughs> also, very problematic. Just kidding. Veal actually is a problem. Um, and one that we are trying to stop one bite at a time. <laughs> Nicole, thank you for this hard-hitting expose on a tiny baby animal. <laughs> Um, should we take a quick break and come back and talk about more baby animals? Yeah. Okay, great. HRN is excited to announce that we've launched our channel on Kitsch, the new food-centric live streaming video platform for interviews, cooking classes, and more. In April, in collaboration with Kitsch and the Mushroom Council, we're celebrating Earth Month with delicious, nutritious, and sustainable mushroom recipes. Check out the latest videos on our channel to see Eat Your Heartland Out host Capri Cafaro, Jupiter's Almanac host Matthew Rayford, and Item 13 host Yoram Akuaku moderate recipe demos with chefs Jeremy Fox and Ali Rosen. Join us at K-I-T-T-C-H dot com to become part of the first live streaming community for the food obsessed. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. All right, look, folks, we're back. Hello, are you still here with us? Did anyone just go bite into a straight out of the vagina baby veal? <laughs> That's what real what the real culinary experience is. You just get it right as it comes out. You just bite, put a little mouth on salt. You bite right into that thing. Mouth like on the don't even rinse off the goo. No, the goo is the best part. You need the goo. Yeah. You don't want to eat a dry, just-born veal. No, nice damp Bob Veal. Bob Veal. <laughs> Poor Bob Veal. Bob Veal, if you're listening, please call in, although I think you've passed away. <laughs> Did he? Do we ask know. this every episode? <laughs> it's very... It's hard to be a celebrity, because unless you're as famous as, uh, you know, Kevin Costner, nobody knows whether you're alive or dead. And that's terrible. And I bet there are people who don't know if Kevin Costner is alive or dead. And folks, we're here to tell you today, he's alive. He is, for now. All he right. is very much alive. Robert Joseph Vila is alive, everyone. <gasps> oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I am so ashamed and embarrassed. Bob Vila, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Please accept our sincere apologies. Fabio. Friend of the pod. <laughs> friend of the pod and friend to the veals, Bob and Gila. Member of the American Veal Association, I think, just by default. <laughs> President of the Veal Association, Bob Vila. <laughs> Oh no. Do you think any farmers out there named one of their veals Bob? So it could be Bob Vila? I hope that so. must have happened. I Do dairy so. farmers have a sense of humor? Well, call into the show if you're part of the American <laughs> Veal Bob Vila Association or Bob Vila himself or just a veal who could talk. All right. <clears throat> I took kind of a right turn or maybe a left turn, depending which is your dominant hand um, <laughs> with my. Uh, story for the day. So we're talking about baby animals. I told you I was like thinking about bunnies. And then I'm like, bunnies are boring, except when they're sexy. (laughs) So folks, I'm bringing to you the story of America's sexiest bunny. No, not Jessica Rabbit, the Playboy bunny. Well, Jessica Rabbit was not a rabbit. Exactly. That's why I'm not (laughs) doing her story. She just took her husband's last name. (laughs) That's right. Do you take this rabbit to be your husband i mean she could have done so much better it's just weird Um, well no a woman appreciates a man who can make her laugh okay but i'm just saying it's weird that his last name is rabbit because he's a rabbit that means every rabbit that's sentient has the same last name that's true well yeah by that logic or bunny like easter bunny his last name is bunny although i'm sure he's a rabbit by now I was also Googling, okay, so this is a sidebar, but I was going to do lambs, and on my search bar right here, it just says, are lambs evil? <laughs> and then I found this, like, <laughs> I was trying to look it up before the show, but it, like, disappeared. I'll, I'll follow up with this next week. But Spooky. this guy who's a sheep farmer who, like, went on to talk about all the reasons why he, like, loves sheep, and then there was, like, a picture of a sheep giving birth, which made me sick, so I had to choose a different topic. <laughs> but I lambs aren't evil. It. Goats are evil. I so. know, I know. It's goats. People need to get their animals straight. It's goats. You're right. Goats are evil. Lambs are fine. Um, so I'm going to do not only the story of the Playboy Bunny, really, but more specifically the uh, the story of the Playboy Club and the bunny suit that got designed for the Playboy Club. Uh, you're not going to talk about the Playboy Bunny when it was a child. No, no. A baby. A it baby was animal. A tiny baby Playboy. Now, what most people don't realize is the Playboy Bunny was an actual bunny <laughs> who morphed into a sexy woman with big breasts. Uh, I got most of my information directly plagiarized from an article in The Atlantic by Kimberly Krishman Campbell called Down the Rabbit Hole, The Surprising Tale of the Bunny Suit. The Surprising Tale... Oh, I see what she did there. Exactly. Tail, like a bunny's tail. Okay. Folks, oh, wait, sorry. That it. reminds me of something I forgot no, to mention. When, in my research, I found um, an article from 1961 in the New York Times called The History of Veal, Only the Good Die Young by Craig Claiborne. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, Craig Claiborne. That right. article contained literally zero history about veal, um, and it was just a bunch of recipes. <laughs> I have a Craig cri- Craig Claiborne cookbook. That is a tongue twister, Craig. <laughs> but it's true. All right. Um, Editors okay. love puns. They sure do. Okay, wait, hang on. I'm very uncomfortable. I'm sitting in a position that is too relaxed for journalism. All right, folks, are you ready? So Hugh Hefner always wanted the magazine, as some of us may know, as some of us playboy heads, as I like to call <laughs> ourselves. Um, 
<laughs> he wanted it to be like more classy than sleazy. Um, so he explains that he goes on to explain that he chose the rabbit as the magazine's mascot because of the humorous sexual connotation, but dressed him <laughs> in a tuxedo to quote, add the idea of sophistication, a sophisticated, sexy bunny in a tuxedo. Exactly. The rabbit, while he may be horny also is classy. And you okay. can tell this because he's wearing a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Good job, Hugh. Exactly. Hugh. Um, okay. The models uh, may have been nude in the magazine, but the articles were written by acclaimed authors like Norman Mailer, Kurt Vonnegut, Jack Kerouac, and Vladimir Putin. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 okay. So anyway, we all know about the early days of Playboy. And honestly, it does seem very glamorous and it also truly misogynistic, but um, I'm not fully against it. Open by, uh, blah, blah, blah. so they opened the first Playboy Club in 1960 in Chicago. And it's like actually supposed to be like classy and not mm-hmm. raunchy. And I use classy by like in loose terms, right? So yeah, sure. It's classy, but it's also like encouraging. And I don't mean like women being sexual, like that that's shitty, but just the, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can all imagine that the women who are working there were not treated with the utmost respect. No, uh, and like nor equals. should they be. Exactly. <laughs> They're just a bunch of whores, obviously. If you want some respect, put some pants on. That's what I always say. Yeah, go to college, you ding-dongs. <laughs> just kidding. I'm, totally I'm pretty sure that my stepmom went to the Playboy Bunny Club in Chicago in the 70s. That's absolutely amazing. Please gain all the information you can and follow up with us next week about her experience. Oh, I know all about it now. She was on LSD. <laughs> oh, that's, this is incredible. I know. I wish I were her. I, if only. If only. Anyway, go on. So the next year, uh, two years later, they opened the first Playboy Club in New York City on 59th Street. And it was a supper club and you had to wear a jacket and tie and you had to be a member and you had to have a key. And only men could be members, but they could bring a female guest. Oh. Right. Wow. So like Novel you, idea. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, and the membership was tw- a very affordable $25 a year. Well, what was that when in the 60s? Like $7,000. <laughs> do they go to that club in Mad, Mad Men? Men? Yeah. They do. I and they... Lane is dating oh, one of the bunnies. Right. That's right. I'm like, I feel like I remember this. Okay. Which we'll come to find out is a big no-no. So they must have been keeping it much on the DL. <laughs> um, so they order, they had buffets there and there was the likes of crab legs, filet mignon, and people like Nat King Cole, Steve Martin, Aretha Franklin, <laughs> Billy Crystal, and Sammy Davis Jr. performed throughout the decades. What a collection of people. I know. I mean... Oh, I didn't realize those were performers. I thought it was people that were... Just wandering around in there. In the crowd. No, no, no. Performers. Okay. To see Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. at the Playboy Club, like, in the late 60s, was would have probably been one of the highlights of, like, it could how could it get better? I don't know. You can't. That was it. I, I know. Pretty incredible. Uh, okay. So, anyway, we all know that the gals who waited tables, who were the, you know, wait staff there, were, became known as bunnies. Um, so check this out. Debbie, Harry, Lauren Hutton, and Gloria Steinem were all uh, bunnies. At the Gloria Steinem was a bunny? I know. I was like, how is this real? But it was in the Atlantic. And then 
I just decided to believe it. I didn't yeah. even fact check it. But I was like, why, why would they just print that? <laughs> if it's not Someone true. who can come up with a pun like that definitely has all the facts. Exactly. Okay, so here, enter the bunny suit. It's a strapless bodysuit uh, that is paired with rabbit ears and a fluffy tail. The bunny's erotic allure was as much of a tease as the, stuff it, as the stuffing that so often filled out the D cups of her costume, <laughs> writes the author. Wow, okay. So all the costumes were only D cups size? No, they were, they came in two sizes. Hang on. There was like double D it's in my notes somewhere, but yeah, it's like either double 34 double D or like 36 D. And if you weren't that size, you had to like stuff it. <laughs> well, luckily for me, I'm one of those sizes. So I would have made it. I know me too. We could have both been bunnies and that would have been very fun. But Gloria said um, absolutely was stuffing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so feminists like argue, are still arguing over whether the bunny bodysuit was constricting or liberating. It's because it was designed to be both. <laughs> well, yeah, it's liberating for your boobs. Maybe yeah, constricting exactly. for like the bottom part. But also, I don't, I mean, as someone who is a 36D, a strapless item doesn't usually work for me. But I guess they probably had something to figure that out or maybe if you them, have if you're wearing like a corset top like kind of yeah. thing it can be but okay, I'll I also want sense. to tell you why their boobs didn't fall out oh okay great so playmate um east town towerness i don't know how to pronounce this person's name it's i-i-s-e or i-l maybe elise towerness who is dating the company's promotions director victor lounds pointed out that the flimsy layers that uh hef originally wanted to have because he wanted them to all dress like zigfield folly girls sure um would be impractical so she was like they should dress up like the rabbit on the logo and he was like cool 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 tight 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 (laughs) (laughs) he was like you will receive no credit for this except for once in this article in this in this atlantic article um Okay, so in 1963 book, The Presidential Papers, Norma Mailer describes the bunny suit as this, quote, a gay 90s rig which exaggerated their hips, bound their waist, and lifted them in a phallic bra- uh, brassiere. Each breast looked like a big bullet on the front bumper of a Cadillac. Long a phallic st- brassiere, that's fascinating. I know, isn't that weird? Long black stockings, long... Uh, long black stockings, long, long stockings up almost to the waist on each side and the black and the back on the curve of the can as if ejected tenderly from the body was the puff of chastity, a little white ball of a bunny's tail, which bobbed as they walked. They called the woman's butt the, your, their can in this description? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. Norman Mailer did. <laughs> <laughs> the chastity tail sticking out from her can. Thanks, Norm. Thanks a lot, Norm. Um, okay, um, all right. That was know. poetic. Well, it described as only one Norman Mailer could. Um, everything was spelled out in meticulous detail in a bunny manual and enforced <laughs> by a quote bunny mother. Oh yeah, like at okay. the at the you know at a brothel. There we go. Right. So a bunny. Mother inspects each bunny from head to tail before the shift, and like they were constantly checking their makeup, checking their weight, uh, checking their nail polish, their jewelry, their glasses. Uh, they couldn't wear any glasses, not at all. Um, they had to wear hair pieces, 
their cuffs and collars had to be starched and spotless and the rabbit logo cufflings had to quote kiss each other or face each other. Oh sure. I mean that makes sense. <clears throat> if they were if their bunny ears were not worn in the center, if they were bent or inc- or like bent over incorrectly or if they had an unkempt tail, they would get in trouble. Well, I don't know how the tail could be like unkempt, like it's just if it's dirty. I guess. Ew, a dirty tail. Um, okay, so they had to buy their own clothes. They had to buy in their own pumps. Um, they had to be dyed to match their suits, and the suits came in 12 different colors. Okay, so here we go. The suits only came in two cup sizes, 34D and 3060. Um, but they had pockets in them for stuffing, but the bunnies were not allowed to bend forward. Not only could they not bend <laughs> forward, they weren't allowed to bend forward. But they're cocktailing, aren't they? Right. So then they had to learn to do moves called the, quote, bunny dip and the bunny crouch. Oh, so they just bent down. Oh, my God. Exactly. good for their leg strength. I probably couldn't do that. I mean, yes, but they were not allowed to bend over because, like, that's how much, like, they weren't allowed to, like, over-sexualize themselves as servers. (laughs) Um, It just doesn't make any sense, but I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. So the bouncers, I mean, it's like... I don't know to not allow people to move in a in a way that's comfortable for them so you can dictate how like much they should or shouldn't be sexualized at a work where they're being sexualized is kind of bizarre it's like treating them like a veal it's exactly I'm bunny not a veal get it straight yeah it's not the playboy veal club um (laughs) although it should have been so (laughs) bouncers there was bouncers all over, so no one grabbed the tails. The original yarn tails were replaced by fire retardant fake fire in 1969 because so many customers tried to light them on fire. Oh, my God. Isn't that insane? I can just picture, though, the type of drunk piece of shit that would try to light your tail on fire with his lighter. Absolutely. exactly. That person it's, still exists. That person, definitely. I mean, there's more of them. They're multiplying. By the second. So bunnies couldn't see any customers, any entertainers, or any Playboy employees. Um, if you took the suit home, it was punishable by a $500 fine, which actually or probably death. is. Like, except, yeah, or immediate <laughs> death by scaring to death. <laughs> um, bunnies could, not, well, could pose in the magazine, but most of them did not. It was very rare for a bunny to pose in the magazine. So in the early 80s, people stop really going to the playboy club and like the last club closed in 1988 and there's been a couple of random reboots including one in 2018 that only lasted a year um where was it like an article in the post it was in Times square and yeah so (laughs) the owners were quoted in the post as saying it's a powerful brand and has a huge following but may work better in a less sophisticated city (laughs) New Yorkers are too cosmopolitan and aren't going there for serious business dinners anymore. And membership at this new rebooted Playboy Club had cost members between five and one hundred thousand American dollars per Damn. year. So twenty five dollars is a hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. Now the <laughs> inflation information. The venue is now dropping the polarizing Playboy name because they're like, it doesn't work in Me Too era. Meanwhile, this place opened in 2018. Like, hello, (laughs) get with the fucking program, you dummies. Um, And rebranded themselves. You dummy bunnies. Um, Rebranded as Live Nation Theater at the Cache Hotel. Huh. Okay. That's still there? 
Uh, I guess so. I mean, I don't know if it really made it through COVID. I'm not sure if they decided to do like take out mozzarella sticks, but <laughs> if they did, they could potentially still be there. All right. Tight. Imagine like, <laughs> sorry, but like it's COVID. Everyone's like trying to figure out how to like stay, how to survive. And you're like, well, I guess I'm going to just like, go get takeout from the Live Nation theater. <laughs> <laughs> also, Live Nation is like a major brand. So I feel like they're probably okay. Right? Yeah, fine. But this person's like, I did pay $100,000 this year to be a member. I guess yeah, I should get I'm, like a veal farm. I need to be able to go and get a to-go buffet item, like crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's the height of the pandemic and you're just like stocking up on crab legs at home. <laughs> Your apartment's full of crab leg shells. And they still have to wear that costumes even though it's COVID. You just say, hand me stuff at the door. <laughs> Anyway, that's my story about bunnies. I know it's just like baby animal adjacent, but I still thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, totally. It was more interesting. Let me tell you folks what's not that interesting. Um, lambs. <laughs> Neither evil nor interesting. Not evil or interesting. Very cute. Tiny. Small. I was going to do actually, for a minute I had pondered doing the story of uh, Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop. Oh, sure. But it was like kind of just too wholesome. There wasn't really a lot of a lot of meat there. I bet there is a dark underside to Sherry. Is her name Sherry Lewis? Mm-hmm. Sherry Lewis. She is no longer with us. That's 100% for sure. Well, she but now it's... in the 90s. Now it's okay then for us to get... Start digging. We need to do an undercover investigation about this woman and her I obsession. think there's a doc. <laughs> there's a doc coming out. A lamb trap doc. Really? Yeah. She's obsessed with a puppet. A lamb puppet. Yeah. And getting perms. Yeah. Like, as any good Jewish woman from Long Island in the 1970s, 80s, 90s was. And She's today. from Long Island? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She seems like she would be. Maybe she's not. We don't know. I think I think I remember her being from Long Island. But it I grew up with like, a lot of people like that. Yeah. Oh, man, she died the day after my birthday, August 2nd, in 1998. You killed her. <laughs> I just turned 18. <clears throat> Wow, very interesting. Nicole, do you have like a top three favorite baby animals? Yes. What are they? Favorite baby animal is a baby Pomeranian. (laughs) You know that Dan's partner, Alex, they have a baby Pomeranian that's Mm -hmm. named Jimmy. Yes. Well, he's not a baby anymore, though. He's just small. He is still small, but you're right. He's not officially a baby. A baby Pomeranian is so cute. And also... Baby, um, crap, the little dog that looks like an Ewok. What are those called? Baby Brussels Griffin. No, well, they do too, but the, what's the other one? Like the little Yorkies. Baby Yorkie. I saw one this morning. Very small. very cute. Yeah, they're very small too. Like dangerously small. Um, and then a non- Criminally small. A non- A non-dog baby animal that I really like is, uh, baby owls. Ooh, tiny hooting baby owls. You know what? I have an irrational fear of owls standing on the ground. I don't like to see an owl on the floor. Do you see owls on the floor often? Occasionally. I've seen photos of it, and when I have, I've been uncomfortable with it. You're scared of pictures of owls on the floor. Google Quickly Google why I say my top favorite baby animals. Google (laughs) a picture of an owl standing on the ground. It looks so, like, imposing and threatening. (laughs) <laughs> well, they are birds of prey. Yeah, exactly why you don't want to see it on the ground. I don't know. It just seems like really like menacing. These um, owls seem fine to me. Okay, Spotted, well, I have a fear of it. Cute. I have a fear. 
already done eating its mouse. Ready to rock. A baby owl is cute. Okay, so I was going to just go and say, like, <sighs> baby duck, kitten, and puppy. I was going to keep it simple, but I will break it down. My puppy yeah. love of puppies by that, breed. Um, yeah, okay. Well, do you know, <laughs> how many are you going to list? <laughs> A lot, because I am obsessed with puppies. And no matter how depressed or sad or angry I am, if I see a puppy, I'm instantly, like, levitated to a different realm of uh just euphoria. I That's love true. We have a puppies. Um, a coworker got a new puppy, and he's been bringing her in once a week, just hang out at in the office at work, and she really does. I had a terrible day, um, very sad, and then I came in, and then the puppy was there, and I was like, oh, everything's okay. That's exactly right. A puppy is will make everything okay. Puppies are so nice. So. My top three favorite puppies. Now, this is going to shock a lot of people because I don't really care for an adult basset hound, but a basset <laughs> hound puppy is unbelievably cute. Like, so small and so squishy and has those big, long ears. I kind of feel similarly about, like, a bulldog or a pug puppy. Also, a Yeah, lim- pugs, very cute as babies. Very yes. unchill as adults. Immediately lose their charm and eat their own eyeballs. Um, number two favorite puppy. I'm going to go classic golden retriever slash lab. Very cute. The classic puppy that you get in the Christmas commercial. Exactly. That's great puppy material. Now, number one, in my opinion, cutest puppy available is a dachshund puppy. Mm, Yes, they are very cute. Oh my goodness. A dachshund puppy. Just like so funny and so cute. I love a puppy so much. Guys, if you have a puppy or you are a puppy, please call me. Yeah. Give Zara a holler, a hoot and a holler. I'll come pet your puppy. And I would even trade you like some food for just an hour alone with your puppy. <laughs> alone? Why do you have alone? to be alone? Because I don't want to like enjoy a puppy in front of somebody else. I need to be able to really be myself around the sure. puppy. Lots of oohs and ahs. Mm-hmm. Ear nibbling. I like with a puppy, I like to roll its ear into like a cone shape and give it little nibbles. That is weird. And I'm I not know. sure I approve of that. Um, That's why I have to be alone when I'm enjoying yeah. a puppy. Well, now the entire nation knows. Great, call me. The um, entire okay. Live Nation knows. All of Live Nation is where and Bob Vila, who again, please, I'm so sorry. Condolences to you for being alive. Yeah. Um our bad. And to our sponsor, the National Veal Association. Association. Thank you yeah. so much for supporting the show and for not supporting veal crates. Mm-hmm. Um, folks, thank you. What a show. Nicole. <laughs> You had fun. You had more fun than you thought you would, didn't you? We're laughing. We're crying. It was a whole thing. It really was great. So like, let's, end, let's end the show. <laughs> Guys, we're ending the show. Hasta la pasta. Bye-bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, Heritage Radio Network. Org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening. <laughs>